Hello and welcome to the Creativity Conference's official podcast. My name is Aidan Rode and in this podcast I'll be discussing all aspects of creativity with some world-class creative minds who we are lucky enough to have joining us as speakers for the conference. Today I'm joined by Patrick Cannell who is an incredible award-winning composer, producer and musician based in LA. Uh, who delivered a fantastic presentation for us all the way back in the Creativity Conference's first online edition back in January 2021, which I was lucky enough to host and witness. Um, Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Hayden, thank you for having me. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? So, so very well. <laughs> it was, you get this it was, on the books. It's your birthday tomorrow. Just It is my birthday tomorrow. This is going out far after the fact, but feel free to wish okay. me a well, uh, belated birthday. Belated <laughs> birthday, everybody. Yes. Um, if you cast your mind all the way back to basically this time last year, uh, your presentations in the conference, uh, how did you find the, the rest of the conference? Did you manage to attend any other sessions? Yes, I did. Uh, I was, I didn't know what to think, given that it was going to be a Zoom world. I hadn't mm -hmm. had too much experience with, uh, you know, more than maybe 10 people on a Zoom call. And it was pleasantly surprising how in how expansive and informative it was. And, you know, it's amazing when you're looking at a laptop screen for most of us, it's a 15 inch MacBook Pro or whatever. And uh, it was not to sound cheesy, but it was kind of like entering another world. There were however many dozens of people at one point and people chiming in. I thought it was wonderful and uh, gave me hope not only for Zooms like that in the future, but uh, what it might actually be like in person one day again. Well, yes. I mean, there's there's Iceland 2022 on the horizon, which you're hoping to join us in at? Very much so. August, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be awesome. Cool. Um, since January 2021, a year ago today, um, I know that you're working on some fantastic creative projects all day long. Uh, what are some of the ones that you're currently working on that you're allowed to talk about that really get you excited to wake up in the morning? Great question. So the main beast, which has gotten me very enthusiastic since uh, about mid-summer 2021 is the it's a new series from dreamworks uh called dragons the nine realms and it's the modern day take on the beloved franchise of vikings and dragons uh dragons flying through the air this one takes place 1300 years after the events of the movie trilogy um so it's set in modern day and it's on hulu and peacock uh at the moment and it's been incredibly exciting and full of all sorts of adventure and emotion and really one of the, I would say, one of the best opportunities somebody in my position could hope for as far as writing all sorts of different types of music uh, steadily and having it all try to connect together. And it's really been wonderful journey wonderful flight yes and a, a wonderful beast as you describe it very aptly <laughs> indeed and it is a beast yeah siri i've learned very quickly that uh 
creativity in the form of deadlines that keep coming are intense but healthy i think if you're into that sort of thing yeah um, how, how does sort of time pressure affect you creatively do you find it sort of motivating to get out of any creative ruts or blocks that you're finding because you know that you just have to get it done or do you does it sort of create a sort of mental noise that you find inhibiting interestingly worded aiden <laughs> uh i would say at times both um right. i've always sort of felt having scored many commercials over the years where sometimes you have a deadline in a couple hours or less or tomorrow or something like that you know there is no motivation like i have to get this done or i'm not getting it done i think it's one thing to go into a vacuum and and what a wonderful thing to go into a vacuum and be an artist and take your time and rethink rewrite rework uh that's a wonderful luxury that i think is has its place for certain things. That said, a deadline, I think for many of us, pulls stuff out of us that maybe we didn't think we had. You know, it's five in the morning. I have a deadline in three hours. I still got a, a minute of music to write. I mean, that's, you learn what you're capable of. And the funny thing is that sometimes when you're under pressure like that, your mind just sort of, at least mine, just kind of kicks into this drive which is like well failure is not an option so mm -hmm. if we need to i don't want to say dumb it down but if you need to make this efficient and you need to write 60 seconds of music 60 seconds of music depending on what type of music can take you know it's just like sing something that's <laughs> 60 seconds right now you'd be surprised sometimes you can bang it out other times if you're dealing with orchestral music you know it takes some time to do it so your mind sort of problem solves. And the funny thing about time, I've always said, and I've always been enamored with the enigma that is time. Like, not to get too deep, but literally, like, what is time? It's crazy. It, it's, I find it's not linear because when you're in the zone, you know, if you're making a film or a painting or writing or making music, it's like, where did those seven hours just go? literally seven hours it's dark outside now how did that happen you know the sun is coming up now and i'm still literally in the same spot i haven't even got up to go pee and it's the sun's coming up now you know so deadlines <laughs> i kind of put that into a strange realm where you're not necessarily in a race even though it's literally a race but you get to this point where you, I think, enter a different aspect of creativity or a different, different part of the room. Not better or worse, but just different. Yeah, we've discussed sort of the, the creative flow state in a few episodes and, you know, everybody encounters them differently. Um, and in a way, what you're saying is that deadlines are kind of, in a way, a hack to enter a flow state when you're sort of, you really have to just get it done. And you're just like, right, I need to get into this state of uber productivity. I just have to get this done. Boom, deadline. Is that, do you think that you could hack that in a way? 
I think that's very interesting. Yeah, indeed. You're you're bypassing whatever to hack into a certain flow state. I think that's exactly what it is. And I've never quite thought of it like that. But yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And the funny thing is that, you know, with creativity, I think it's one thing to be creative and to just paint, so to speak, and not finish anything. My dad instilled in me years ago, he was like, you know, you got to get it, you got to get it done. I think I also read somewhere Willie Nelson said something like a song is not a song until it's recorded. I agree with that to a degree. Anything pre-1900 or pre-1870 or whatever the year is with the phonograph, I don't know if you could argue that, but uh, the point is, like, you got to finish it. And what a deadline does is it helps you enter this flow state where you're going to finish that and you're going to print it or you're going to send it off or something. And it might not be the best thing you've ever done, but I've had situations where were it not for the deadline, I would A, not have written the music at all, probably, and B, probably not have asked myself certain questions that got that music to where it was. And therefore, you could argue that, you know, if you light a fire under your ass, you're going to do a crazy dance you maybe you've never done before. And maybe it's going to be a beautiful dance, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, it's time is great. Though sometimes you don't have it and you do what you can with it. Do you think that if it's yourself lighting the fire under yourself and it's a self-inflicted deadline that it's potentially less motivating than if it's someone else's deadline? Good question. Um, I think it depends on your priorities and maybe what yeah. your objective is. I mean, if somebody's paying you, that feels different than <laughs> if you're just like, I'm not going to give myself these cookies if I, you know, whatever. Uh, I know a friend of mine, um, he would give himself pretty adamant deadlines. And I thought about this myself where he would post on social media and he'd be like, there's an album coming out in uh, uh, April 22nd or something. And it would be a couple of months before that. So he would give himself that task of this is when it's coming out. There's no record label determining this, it's just me. And I respect and admire that drive and discipline because I think that's what it is. The deadline, whether it's somebody else's or yours, it's discipline. And you know, I think what's most fascinating about artists and creativity is it's like, you know, you can be waiting at the beach for your toddler to finish playing in the sand and you can be creative while you're there is that to you know playing drawing something in the sand or whatever is that to say that that's less important than you know some company paying you money to have a deadline to do something and it's going to be this big thing i don't know that's creativity is i think an interesting concept because we kind of get it i don't know if mixed up is the word but I think getting back down to human basics is important there and making sure that it's not that important, you know, how fortunate we are that we are even creating anything, whether it's dinner or breakfast or, 
some nice smiley face in the sand while a little kid is playing that's going to be washed away in 20 minutes or you know i'm sort of going on a tangent here but uh you're the deadline of this conversation aiden is giving me all sorts of fires right now <laughs> yeah and as you say being held accountable by others rather than just yourself is far more motivating for a, a self-inflicted deadline than otherwise yes and back to that perhaps you're the type of person though where you're giving yourself that deadline and that you know you want to be a person of your word and you want to live up to that like i could see that being important in the pressure of other other forces other people not necessarily people that have anything to do with that deadline but i think maybe the point here is like when there's a when there's a finish line or there's a purpose there's constraints you know you could think of it like weightlifting you could go to the gym and you can casually lift weights and never try to grow and whatever just sit there and eat chocolate or you can have maybe not a time deadline but you can have you know i'm going to do 10 reps of these it's going to push it farther it's kind of like that i think in a in a in a way where there is an opposing force hmm. for the sake of growth and a similar kind of idea as well as time constraints is, is budget constraints when it comes to a lot of creative projects you've obviously worked for some some huge companies doing adverts you know google ford the olympics is going from sort of a, a low budget film and sort of smaller projects to these huge corporate projects with hugely bigger budgets do you find that they have do you have a preference either way from a creative sort of stimulation perspective or are, are the two like kind of trying to compare apples and origin oranges in terms of the the budgets involved great question you know in my experience the interesting thing about a budget is that it's not the sword it's the swordsman hmm. and that's not to to pat myself on the back it's more like you know just because you have more money to play with or you have more time doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better i think what's funny is that often smaller budget projects have maybe creatively stood out more because you come up with ways to either how do i make this sound like it's costs a lot more or how do we have fun with it or how do we you know take this pencil and this little iphone recorder and make something cool out of it interesting thing about technology now musically speaking is that you really don't need all the bells and whistles to do crazy stuff a lot of the big hits you know that are cutting edge all the time are coming from dorm rooms with kids with laptops you know um as far as budgets go on a larger scale with larger projects when you have more money at stake it's been my experience that there's usually more people that chime in which is to say that if the budget is much larger that's not necessarily a constraint on the creativity but sometimes there can be more cooks in the kitchen sometimes more is expected sometimes it's like oh that only took you 20 minutes wait wait wait, wait. that 
that's okay. Let's see what else we can do with that. You know, um, I think when there's less of a budget, there's less pressure in the sense that we're going to get in trouble if we don't deliver this, you know, uh, I don't know if trouble is the right word, but, um, I think like anything, maybe, maybe not anything, but creatively when there's more money involved, it's funny how the core of maybe what you're trying to do takes a different turn. The pressures that come with it, the additional people involved, even on my end, having a lot more musicians involved, you know, one of the things that's nice about a larger budget is sometimes you can have some things taken off your plate, like rather than having to do everything now, maybe somebody else can mix the music. Uh, we can get somebody who really knows how to play the cello in here rather than me try to mimic it on a keyboard. Uh, I love playing guitar, but sometimes it's better to get somebody who only plays guitar to play guitar on your thing, you know? Um, yeah, I could keep going, I guess. But... <laughs> well, you've worked on so many different projects of so many different scales from, you know, the big ones, as, we, as we've mentioned, the Ford, the Toyota ads, the the DreamWorks Dragons that you're doing now. Uh, but you've, you've also done stuff for, for like uh, disaster relief benefit stuff in Haiti and Japan, uh, which sounds like a very amazing opportunity, which I'd love to talk about more. But of all of the projects that you've worked on, are there any that you have a, a particular soft spot for, you're particularly proud of, but you, you find that are potentially underappreciated and deserve a bit more love and that you wish more people knew about? Great question. Um, commercials, just like any visual content, I think, especially in this day and age, in the age of streaming, and I'm guilty of this too. I think we all are to a degree, you know, some of the work that went into the music for that and the creative avenues explored and the collaborations, uh, probably most people don't care about. And frankly, if I were them, I wouldn't either. Just like when I'm watching TV and I'm like another commercial, okay, let's, even if it's a fun one, you know, other than the Super Bowl, maybe, uh, I think commercials are easily overlooked. Some films I've done, um, similar similar thing i guess the question is you know what now under the question of a score which is an interesting aspect within music making it's one thing to make a song it's one thing to make a hit song that is legendary and people sing it for decades to come but somebody like john williams who's we could argue is the master the living master of our time as far as film scores go uh, he understands that the purpose of the score is to help tell the story. So you might be particularly proud of the music you're writing and look at all these flute lines I did and everything's so great and the melody's beautiful, but unless it helps tell the story, it's not necessarily, necessarily an effective score, which is to say that often I think you can be very proud of the scores you do, but they just serve the purpose of not necessarily taking the lead role which is, I think, an acquired understanding. I think anybody who gets that from the beginning is unique. I certainly was, in my younger years, you know, would love the praise and took a bit of time to understand that sometimes you got to take your foot off the gas. 
It's not about you. It's about the movie or about the commercial or, or about the TV show. Um, alternatively, you know, this dragon show I'm doing is maybe one of the first times where people have actually been reaching out about the score, which is wonderful when you hear this happened to me a couple of times over the years, but uh, it's such a beloved franchise that people were looking forward to it. There was hype behind it. And for some people uh, who are really enthusiastic, you know, they found me online and reached out and said, oh, I love the music. And, you know, that's such a joy and such a treat to be reminded that your hard work pays off and that people respond to the story and are touched by it. Uh, and honestly, man, dragons flying through the sky. It's like, it's a fun way to be creative, you know? Um, it's a great prompt to just <laughs> to just go with it and make music for. It, it sure is. You know, it's one thing to take a serious drama with real life scenarios. Even that can be fun and you can be nimble with your creativity. But when you're dealing with creatures that don't exist, and it's our imagination that makes them fly through the air. There's this one scene in the in the first couple episodes where uh, the main character is falling, presumably, to his death. And maybe not. It's a kid's show. But uh, and this comes from the movies too. Um, this happened in the movies where the main character is falling, and then the dragon goes and saves him. And you know when you have to prepare to write music for that it's like it's not a gentle thing you know not to say you get into the depths of your mind like oh my god this guy's gonna die what is this music like it's obviously not gonna die we think but uh the stakes are very high and it's a dragon who cares for this human and he's flying as fast as he can towards the depths of the earth to save him and that is a wonderful brief to consider to think how are we going to tell this story how are we going to tell it in a way that's kind of unique and fun and you know but uh i won't tell you all what happens but if you're interested you can check it out on hulu and uh peacock and on on the topic of dragons well i guess just sort of animals in general albeit uh, mythological ones um you have previously described yourself as uh somewhat of a puppy whisperer um oh. do you do you find that there's a particularly distinctive or unique element element of uh creativity when you're communicating or, or training uh, working with animals in any way i've always loved animals most animals i had a pretty scary situation over the summer, I think it was 2020, uh, where I was camping with my girlfriend on a remote island in Minnesota and a bear came. And I won't go deep into the story, but for any of you that have encountered a bear, it's it really puts your life into perspective and it summons instincts that you maybe didn't think you had if you were otherwise not in a position out in the wilderness with a bear as far as puppies go uh, <laughs> <laughs> puppies i think and dogs in general you know they say sometimes like you're a dog person you're not a dog person i've always found that sometimes when i when i like pay attention to the dog 
I think it's easy for people to just treat a dog like a dog. And I'm not trying to say I'm this dog whisperer or whatever, but I don't really look at dogs like dogs all the time. I try to bond with dogs. Whenever I'm at a friend's place and they have a dog, I usually get along with it and we hang out. My mom's dog is, I'm convinced, is a human in dog form. I mean, I'm pretty, he's like 10 now. I'm pretty, he's a little guy, like 20 pounds. I'm pretty convinced that he understands every single word that I say. And I've done some tests with him where I just speak plain English and he, he gets it. You know, weird things like his name's Monroe. I'm like, Monroe, if you, if you understand what I'm saying here, like look over at the door and I won't motion at the door and he'll look over at the door. It's weird. So I don't know. I think as far as creativity goes, when it comes to animals and bonding with other souls, I think, again, to go deep here, I think uh, creativity in many ways is about being a soul, being connected to other souls, trying to better the life of other people. I don't think anybody making things has a mission to destroy or a mission to tear down or to hurt you know, it's all sort of in the kumbaya vibe of we're humans and we're part of a community and what does it mean to be a homo sapien and what's our role in that and how can we add to the mix. Some interesting things I've had with animals, um, especially cats. One time my buddy got a, a kitten. This is in high school or college. His family got a kitten and he had a guitar and I was the only one there that knew how to play the guitar and we played, I played the guitar for the cat and like blew his mind. And not to say the guitar playing was mind blowing, but the cat experiencing that for the first time, his mind was blown. He was so interested. He was trying to like climb into the guitar, figure out what was happening. It was really precious and uh, just goes to show. I think sometimes, certain frequencies can affect animals in in certain ways you've probably seen videos of like dogs dancing and dogs howling with their singing humans and all that you know yeah but, and there's an interesting book and movie if, if you haven't already heard of it called a street cat named bob which is all about um a cat and a, a musician on the streets of london i love that i have heard of it i don't know much about it though I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's very good. Um, what other than puppy whispering? What What are some other creative outlets uh, outside of your day to day job that keep you creatively fulfilled? I almost became an architect. Really? Yeah, and became meaning I almost pursued it uh, in college when I saw. I guess I was early teens when I saw Thomas Jefferson's Monticello in person in Charlottesville, Virginia for the first time. Something about the way that that symmetry happened and worked and, uh, and stood there. Simple yet massive. If you're not familiar with the building, it's on the back of All-American Nichols, uh, the backside of it. Anyway, I was just so taken by this building. And then that kind of snowballed into me 
looking into other architecture and eventually modern architecture and how rooms work. And so to answer your question, you know, when not making music, I wouldn't say I'm always thinking about architecture, but the bucket list in my life is definitely to design at least a house. And uh, I maybe before that design a studio. Um, I think what's interesting about humans ability to do all sorts of things, you know, I think we're the only animals that put sauce on our food. I'm not sure about that. But I think we dress up our food in way maybe birds do to a degree, but we have the luxury and the time and the protective means to do so. And I think the same, I know birds, and for all the nature documentary people out there, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen a couple of documentaries with birds doing some wild things as far as making their nests and attracting mates and stuff like that. Uh, but I think a human's ability to festoon shelter is can be amazing because it's been my experience that architecture and the balance of light and shadow really has an effect over your mood. And somebody like me, I spend a lot of time in the studio. Uh, you could say it's the hearth of the home around which life evolves, or at least a lot of creativity. So having a studio that or a space that feels inspiring and feels good and has cool lighting, maybe some plants. I like that very much. And uh, there's nothing like light, you know, big windows. And I don't have that at the moment in the studio. But uh, as far as buildings in general go and architecture, I think it's it's a wonderful respite from music. It's music in its own right, yes. Yeah. And also yeah. great use of the word festoon. That's a yeah. banger of a word. It is, isn't it? Yeah. That. It's a great SAT word to try to throw out occasionally. Oh yeah. Oh, Another yeah. SAT word I remember that I rarely use, and maybe you're a little pompous if you say it, but do you are you familiar with the word perambulate? I've heard it. I probably couldn't define it. I'm pretty sure it means to go around the perimeter of something. So like I'm going to walk sense. around the garden, I'm going to perambulate the garden. That's good. I did a practice SAT once and quixotic uh, was on there. And I was like, What's dang, <laughs> it's like the opposite of pragmatic. It's sort of, it's very dreamy. You're all talking, you're just talking hot air, but there's not actually any tangible to anything to your saying. Yeah. It's, wow. it's a good one. That's a great That's one. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, isn't the human loads that... of points in Scrabble too. Wow. Mm. How do you spell it? Quick Sotic? Uh, it's Q U I X O T I C. Uh, I kind of put you on the spot there unintentionally, but good job. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think the English language I've read is we have the most words. We okay. do by quite, quite <laughs> some ways. I don't know if that's good or bad. Not for non native speakers, I don't think. Um, yeah, that's that true. Does make things tricky. Anyway, um, <laughs> before we digress any further into the wonders of the English language, I have uh, one more question for you, which is something I ask every single speaker at the end of every episode. Um, quite a a broad question, easy to ask, maybe tricky to answer concisely at least. Um, but it is as a creative, what does creativity mean to you? 
like you said, tricky to answer, though I'll I'll try to make it short and sweet. Um, I think it's maybe all too common and cheesy to say creativity is, you know, the extension of yourself and expression of yourself while it is. Um, I firmly believe that. I think all we can do here is in our time on this planet and in life, in this soul at least, uh, try to do something that maybe only you can do that's unique to you. I think creativity is also, can be done in a vacuum, but creativity to me means how can we harness all that I can do and maybe capabilities to collaborate with other people to build a big ass tower. I probably couldn't do that by myself. If we get enough engineers and enough builders and enough visionaries in here. How can we do something even greater? I wouldn't say that's all that creativity means to me, but I I'm amazed in our ability to be ant-like where we can combine forces and build something bigger that we would have otherwise most likely been unable to do on our own. Um, additionally, creativity means pushing it, testing what you can do, not being comfortable. Uh, I think I'm probably similar to many creatives in that rarely when you finish something and maybe you reflect on it, it's just like, oh, nailed it. Next, you know. Sure, sometimes you're like, I think I did a great job on that. Or people are like, we really love what you did. And then you feel good about it. But I think it's not so much uh, self-deprecating as much as it is like, how can we, how can I be better than that? How can I keep improving? I think creativity is a means to, to exercise, to grow, to expand, to go beyond and inevitably hopefully be in a position years down the road where you look back and you're like god i knew nothing back then look at what i can do now you know i mean look at picasso that dude he was amazingly he was a fine artist really detailed fine artist in his younger years and then he went on a, obviously the wild journey uh that we know him best for i think that's an interesting exploration. He didn't necessarily have the, I don't know enough about him. He didn't necessarily have the thought process, you know, how can I be better? How can I do all that? But I think it's about, it's, creativity is about the exploratory world. You know, we're all nomadic hunter gatherers on a journey, you know? And I think that journey is wild and full of ups and downs and creativity in many ways for me is the almost like the material manifestation of what life is, which is it sometimes is great. Sometimes it's not. Hopefully I'm trying to be a little better today than I was yesterday in a nutshell, maybe. Very well put. And, and with that, uh, that's all we already have time for. Thank you so much for joining me, Patrick. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Aiden.